the number one Tintin podcast in all Bordoria. I'm your host, Janosh. <laughs> Hi, Janosh. I'm your host, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, I, I love to be here podcasting with you and me, just you and myself. Now, no one else. Yeah. No one else. Oh, well, shit! What the fuck? I'm not podcasting with you because I was just winding my merry way along a Belgian lane uh, when two mysterious Eastern Europeans uh, <laughs> jumped out and chloroformed me and now I'm locked into a podcasting booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that was us. George. I'm Eastern European now. <laughs> yeah. Hi, George. Hello. It's nice to be here. People say that apparently I once said I'd never do another podcast, uh, but they shouldn't listen to me. So I don't think you've said that. You just never did. No, people, people, people keep say, have been saying that, <laughs> um, and I resent them for taking me at my word. I mean, I wouldn't say you've said that, but I think you're definitely a, a sort of I will never do another podcast coded type individual. So it's sort of valid for people to have made that assumption about you. I think. <laughs> yeah, you're not a you're not a podcast slut like me. Yeah, mm. or even yeah, sad, Fil- you know. a filthy little podcast slut. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's that's true. Thank you. I, I'm a podcast negative feminist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a podcast so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, Dan, uh, yeah. thank you love for to ride the podcast carousel or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was going to say thank you for coming here and involuntarily podcasting. Yeah, that's quite um, all right. The chloroform did the deciding. Mm, <laughs> How mm, did that mm. feel? I've always been wondering. Uh, I don't know. You just wake up a panel later and you're like, my head. <laughs> Maybe you have a woozy thing around your around your like head, like uh-huh, some uh-huh, lines uh-huh. to show that you're a bit woozy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always have lines around me to show that I'm a bit woozy. Mm. Studies have shown nine out of ten times just before you're getting chloroformed, you're whistling a little tune and wearing a raincoat, <laughs> and um, the tune is shown with little little quavers just coming out of your lips. Yeah, mm. I man, that. I'm always whistling a little tune and wearing a raincoat. Hey, um, we read a book called The Calculus Affair. L'affaire tournesol. This was Tournesol. This was written in... Adventures of Tata. Which year was this? 1956. That's what it says in the little... The page. Yeah, it was serialized between December 54 and February 1956. There is no real backstory for this. Basically, RJ... Notice that uh, it's the Cold War, and there's a lot of espionage stories, uh, Cold War spy stories. So he decided to do one. Um, yeah, yeah, and he did it. And he did it. And he did it. Um, he I gotta say, say, really well. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I always enjoyed this one. I read them a lot as a kid, and this was one of my faves. Not, oh yeah, George, like... tell us now your history with Tintin. Oh, um, probably. Tintin and Asterix were like two of the main comics that I read when I was a kid, like all of them. But other mm-hmm. than that, no real comics. But I always loved Tintin. I thought it was, uh, I don't know, exciting. Uh, I didn't realize what racism was so much when I was yeah. young, so it was easy to enjoy a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the the... The um, people of the Andes uh, were hard done by in the last one you read, I believe. So, yeah, yep, pretty, oof, pretty pretty bad. I 
it's I mean since then it's been pretty good we've had a sort of a three I guess four book run now where either non-white races have been very kind of sort of well I'm not going to say well depicted but okayly depicted or simply not depicted as in the last three books yeah yeah Land of Mm -hmm. Black God was like what if they were just like people you know yeah what if what if the 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 Arab was a was a normal man (laughs) Quite yeah. revolutionary for the 1950s. Mm. Yeah, mm. and what if a small boy was really irritating? <laughs> oh, what if a small boy was really irritating? This okay. This week, I think we have uh, a really like a the standout annoying awful character yeah. who I love is the Italian driver. Oh my god! Oh, he's so fucking good. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> Best character. He's in so. Book, yeah. <laughs> it's just like Italians have entered the match. Yeah. And there's like so much in this book that really feels like something happened to Hershey that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, people calling his house when it wasn't his house or just like Italian drivers or like mm. uh, insurance salesman. The sticking plaster incident. Oh my God, that bit. Let's let's like this because this is, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, listeners, this is, this is really a fantastic book. Like. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I I was having so much fun with this one, but uh, let's let's actually start going through it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Actually, before we start proper, I do want to shout out the little like round title panel of oh, yeah. of just like a little sort of hobbit hole shaped window into calculus, just like walking away down an empty road, and it mm. just it feels like a intentional art history reference with like the figure with its back turned to us kind of thing. Okay. Um and I think it really fits the vibe of the book which is called The Calculus Affair is ostensibly about cal- calculus and yet does not really feature him in any kind of way. No. Like he's in it but not in it. Hmm. Which I think is cool. I mean it's yeah, a classic more of a more of a MacGuffin than anything yeah. almost. It's a classic mm. setup to be have like the I mean I... I guess, like, for the past few books, like, Ash has just been using calculus for, like, whatever he needed it, him for. So if he needed, like, a genius scientist who can, like, uh, you know, mastermind the moon mission, that's mm. what calculus is now. And in this one, if you want, like, the character who has the science secrets that, like, all, several, like, Cold War rivaling countries uh, are fighting for... Oh, that that can also be calculus. Yeah, he's just like a device to introduce technology into the story. Yeah, yeah, um, and and government intrigue in in that technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here we are, calculus affair. We are at home in Marlin Spike. Captain Haddock is having a wonderful, peaceful, idyllic pastoral day. Um, they're just chilling out. It's fine. Nothing going down i am not then... going on an adventure anymore <laughs> he says hell yeah. on the first page of the book <laughs> always sunny title drop the guy goes on an adventure uh so what happens after some funny uh nester phone hijinks um a big storm happens and they gotta they gotta get inside before they get wet um spoiler alert they get wet um there is this one panel of when they're going inside of like a guy watching them and then another guy watching him. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Which it feels, it feels like kind of like, oh, what level of espionage are you on? And then Hershey going, you are like little baby, watch this. It's pretty, <laughs> since I know that these were published in like two page, uh, you know, in, in two pages, uh, it's, you can really notice that, uh, and in a good way, that like this is where, okay, here's the, Here's the cliffhanger for next week, but not in a way that you would be like annoyed by that it comes comes down from the cliffhanger in a, in an unsatisfying way. But it's just like you know, we have new Tintin issue. You open up your Tintin magazine. Here's the two pages of Tintin you get, and first it's just like some hijinks, some like idyllic landscape, and ooh, espionage. Ooh, espionage. Mm. Um. So they get inside, the storm hits, there's a sequence where like lightning is constantly striking the house and things and they're in their house are like shattering. But those two things are do not appear to be actually connected. Uh, also Captain Haddock dies. <laughs> yeah. RIP. Pour one out for a real one. Captain Haddock gets We barely knew thee. <laughs> I don't know how this happens. Like he keeps talking about it's dangerous to uh, go to use the phone while there's a storm outside. Uh, but like the Marlin spy call gets keeps being called by this woman who wants to talk to the butcher who has the <laughs> same number, just one off. Um, Mr. Cuts, classic character, Mr. Cuts the butcher. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does appear in like a van later on. Yeah, and. And then, like, the lightning hits just as Haddock is on the phone. And the final panel of this of this page is just, like, his shoes, uh, like, with, with smoke coming out of them. Which, like, okay, I think my favorite part of Captain Haddock's untimely death is Tintin's reaction to his <laughs> death. Because Tintin just, like, sort of puts his head to his hands, hands to his head and goes, Vanished! <laughs> vaporized! Poor Captain! How dreadful! <laughs> doesn't like all things considered not that distraught appropriate reaction to your best friend dying i think he's already used to uh shit like this happening yeah when well I, actually um... no tintin has been teleported by lightning yeah. so like he knows how it works he knows he's not dead he's just somewhere else yeah okay okay yeah yeah we got it george <laughs> Uh, when I was when I was young, I mean, reading Tintin a lot, and also growing up near like a military firing range where they'd warn with little signs um, of like ah. unexploded bombs that would just be two boots with smoke coming out of them. <laughs> oh so my god! A long, for a long time as a child, I did think that if you got blown up, you would just you would just like your boots would be smoking and you just disappeared. That seems fair. Yeah, yeah that seems yeah. reasonable. Yeah, shoes. Yeah. Uh, you don't. This is a, this is an industry, an industry secret of shoemakers is that they put the like anti bomb thing on them. Mm. That no other clothing what? manufacturer mm. they're doing. Yeah. Why don't they just make the tanks and planes out of out of <laughs> out of boots? Yeah, leather tanks. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm there for that. Very funny that uh, I, one. I don't know how this happens. Like lightning strikes, and then he ends up in the like chandelier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if Azure knows how lightnings work. Uh, well, you know, uh, listen. It's the it's the like internal rules of the Hershey yeah. world that were established in the broken ear, where what lightning does is teleport you. Um. <laughs> So during this storm, a, an insurance salesman manages to get into their house. Mm. Um, what's he like? 
this guy <laughs> this guy like continues to be here throughout the book um and to be insufferable again it feels like a thing happened to Hergé Absolutely. and he's mad about it and he's put it in his book he's he mm. met one guy who tried to like ensure ensure him for everything and he was so mad yeah he met he met a man who was so irritating um and kept inviting himself to parties at his house that he he made a character for him and called him Jolyon Wag. Jolyon Wag. I like that. I th- I love the fucking introduction of himself. Oh, so I was I was driving along, blah 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 blah, and all my windows shattered. So I said to myself, Jolyon, and then in brackets says, "That's my name, Jolyon Wag on the rock bottom insurance." Um, extremely good. The that's my name part. Yeah. Um. Love that. That's my name. <laughs> I mean, Tolion. That's my name. This character is very annoying, but uh, I I like the the like headache stern expressions that uh, <laughs> that's that so good out of him. Uh, yeah, this is God. I I really love Do... this this first page where he shows up and it's like uh, he's like, oh, is it whiskey you're drinking? You can pour one for me. I don't like that stuff. I'm just thirsty. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, like I know he'll show up a few more times and constantly be annoying yeah. and Haddock just like hits him. He's gonna show up in um, later books too, don't worry. Oh yeah. So after the storm, the storm kind of passes and Calculus is coming back from his like lab, which is I guess in a shed. Someone like shoots at him. Um there's a, a really funny line when he gets back and looks at his hat and he's like, moths never used to make such big holes. <laughs> um, but fucking Calculus has been shot at, so they start searching the grounds. They find this guy who's like nearly dead. They go get help for the guy. Then they come back and the guy is gone. It's all very mysterious. There's a whole fucking bit like the police are here. The insurance salesman's here. It, it, there's a, just a lot happening in yeah. kind of the Marlin Spike grounds. Yeah. After some Mr. Cuts, the butcher related japes. Uh... Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really go into detail, but uh, Nestor is so good in this book. Like, yeah. I, I don't think we've had, like, uh, a lot of Nestor content previously, but his, like, just, like, little, I don't know, because he's clearly being very annoyed by this, but, like, also starts, like, keeps, tries, like, keeping his butlery composure. Uh, yeah. And w- works together really well. And it's like, because Nestor can't, like, do anything to, like, protect the house or, like, you know, stop the insurance salesman moving his entire family in or stop everything (laughs) being, like, stolen. But, like, he is there to just, like, be annoyed and distressed about it. Yeah. He is such a servant that he he has to serve people who don't even, like, own the house. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Haddock inherited him from, like, the previous owners. Like, he just belongs to Marius, like... Is he a, is he Haddock's indentured servant? I don't know. I don't know. It, like it really seems like he just comes with the host. Yeah, I think so. He's like an Igor. He's you know? yeah. Yeah. Once he leaves, he comes with like, the vampire's castle. Once he leaves, like the garden area of the castle, he just like vanishes. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, Gordon maybe he can go back in the castle. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe he can go to the shop or something. But if he, if he leaves like a five mile radius, he'll just like teleport back. <laughs> Imagining the, the eldritch horror of Nestor's existence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you won't see him age. He's been here for like centuries. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe his clothing changes with the times, but he is eternal. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after the sort of hijinks of the night before, where there's lots of intrigue and stuff, um, we wake up the next morning and my current favorite sequence in the book, which is Haddock brushing his teeth. <laughs> oh, it's. He's having such a nice morning. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, the, the sequence starts with Hergé draws like a little bird singing the do 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 do. You know that's the song the little bird is singing. Mm, um, <laughs> and like, uh, can we make the little panel of Haddock smiling like one of our emojis? It's so fucking oh, yeah. good. Yeah. We get primo Haddock faces in, the, in this. Mm. In this mm. uh, yeah. Book. Just mm. the best Haddock faces. Mm. Um, so yeah he smiles at the mirror the mirror breaks and then <laughs> Haddock like can't deal with this so like runs over to Tintin being like bruh, 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 bruh. yeah tooth- Tintin toothbrush still in his hand uh, yeah the toothpaste still in his mouth and like they've both got little Jimmy jammies yeah. they're so cute um, no. but yeah basically everything around the house is still like breaking like all the milk in the milk truck outside breaks mm. which Leaves leaves us to one of the best panels in the book, which is just Snowy just drinking this river mm. of milk that cometh forth from the milk truck, uh-huh. <laughs> including the glass shards. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hergé really is a master of putting in cute little details. Yeah, yeah. There's so many cute little details. Um, and it's why if you thing. consider that he's like working on a like weekly two page production, like. It's just it's just so much like extra like the even this just the drawing of the milk track right like the the way you see like all the milk glasses shattered they're all like yeah flowing out it's yeah really good also shout out that the milk company is just called Milko 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 um I think um I think you didn't I think they were adapted from the two week the two week rolling like uh, serialized production into books i think like the coloring and stuff might have been done after uh yeah i'm not sure sure. what the process definitely for the earlier ones yes i don't know about for these ones i think at this point he already had like a team that did the coloring and stuff yeah because we we were reading that he works out of like studio herge yeah um which like employed a bunch of people and there's you know while there's a lot about like a lot of what he did between like 1940 like four and eight was like recolorize things because oh. uh, he was still in like weird nazi shit at that point so like there's a lot about how he recolorized the earlier ones but i've never read anything about him recolorizing the later ones which leads me to assume that they were just published like this yeah oh uh. they might have but yeah i mean probably yeah, stuff maybe. was like reshuffled a bit and like Maybe like page orders are different than the original publication. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So basically, like st- stuff is still like smashing all over the place. This kind of ends up being like a big international mystery, and like hundreds of people come to see Mar Marlin yeah. Spike. There's a great panel here. It's very funny. It's because it's like the Thompsons show up as the police representative to investigate the situation and they're like no we're not gonna tell anyone uh our mouths are zipped shut and then it cuts to all the newspapers uh, writing about like from from all all different countries writing yeah about this event and then there's like 
<laughs> this fucking panel where like this whole crowd of people showing up some people start camping in front of Myland Spike uh, there's like a what there's a fish and chips uh, pop up here uh, someone is selling balloons it's just yeah. a lot of detail on this yeah it's like a fucking where's wally style yeah. panel of just like detail and people and stuff yeah and we're gonna um, keep talking about how amazing the art in this book is but there's a bunch of like crowd shots that are like really good like even later on they must yeah. have taken a, a long time yeah the later one where they're careening through a marketplace is yeah. just uh, so complicated the, like the best panel in this entire book is that one yeah yeah it's so hands down um but yeah, meanwhile, all this has happened, like, Calculus has gone off to a convention in Geneva. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, he he is, like, walking to the village, and he walks past a car, which is, um, really says Hergé's motto of Tintin villains. Yep. Yeah, he, like, walks out <laughs> and just, like, slowly, calmly walks through this landscape, and then there's a car that says, look out, here he comes, get the chloroform ready. <laughs> <laughs> um let's fucking go but then the uh, the butcher the cuts van pulls up and like gives him a lift this is an incredible and he twist is... on Ajay's trick that they were gonna chloroform him but they didn't manage to you already expect what's <laughs> happening and then it doesn't if he'd uh if he'd pulled that trick nowadays in a in a, in a modern setting it'd uh-huh. be like angry angry comics nerds on youtube like ranting about how he didn't have chloroform enough in this one yeah yeah, yeah. and i agree yeah. with them more chloroform please yeah he's breaking the rules of chloroform <laughs> yeah i want chloroform on every page <laughs> um so while calculus is out tintin is like oh, let's do a little bit of investigating about this stuff and goes into Calculus's lab. When they go into Calculus's lab, well, first of all, Haddock is once again confronted by a funny mirror, mm-hmm. um, like in whatever other book yeah. that was that was great. Um, and then also just like a guy in like a comedy style <laughs> bandit mask runs out of the guy. lab. <laughs> yeah, a man wearing a striped shirt with a big bag over his back that says yeah. swag on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has like this little mask that just like barely covers the area around his eyes. Like that's not gonna help my dude. And, but like this is such like an earnest and genuine yeah. like character design that Hergé seems to have done. Like it's so good. Yeah, this it, is it seems what... like it's gone. From what we can see later, it seems like it's almost a uniform of the. Uh... Uh, which one are they? I think the... they're the Borderian yeah. faction. Borderians, yeah, that's it. Um, they all wear the same raincoat and a hat. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. just stick out like a sore thumb. And it's just very funny. Yeah. Like, I guess that's what, that might be like what works about this book so well is that he takes the genre of the, uh, of the espionage novel, which like, even at that point, I like, this is the 50s. So I think like Spy Who Came In From The Cold has already been like written, uh, which is this, like yeah. serious genre. And then he just like, puts in very earnestly this, like, incredibly cartoonish stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like something um, from an earlier era, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. From a pulp novel um, or something. So Snowy bites this man's uniform grey trench coat and some, like, cigarettes fall out of his pocket that say Geneva on them. So they're like, ah, oh, we know this guy went to the same convention that Calculus went to or whatever. Yeah, it's the same hotel. Um, yeah. 
So, hey, time to fly to Geneva. And also, so, the calculus has been the one breaking all the glass. Yes. There's just a bunch yeah, of like, yeah. shattered glass things. Mm. Uh, they're like... Um, I think Haddock is like not yet convinced if he's gonna go to Geneva, but then the insurance guy shows up and tries to sell him some insurance, <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to Geneva right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's really good. Uh, so yeah, they they go to Geneva, um, and event like end up at Calculus's hotel. They sort of manage to like miss him through a series of minor hijinks. Um, they find out <laughs> that he's gone to Neil. 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 It's like Leon, but Neil. Yeah. Leon for cat girls. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We're in the like cat girl fronts, not real fronts. Neo does exist in been... Switzerland, so Yeah, it's a real place. It's a real place. Oh, so this wasn't just No. This wasn't they're not in Lyon, they're in Neo. Oh my god. Yeah. I just thought that Hershey had like done the thing where he made up a place based on a real place and just changed Lyon to Neo. <laughs> nope, this is Oh my a, god. This is a real place in Switzerland. Uh mm. Okay, apparently. that explains why they take a taxi there, yeah. and it's not like a huge deal. Like I thought they drew from drove from Geneva to Lyon in a taxi, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's like." <laughs> I mean, it's doable, but like, <laughs> it's an expensive tax. Okay, this makes more sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they have to go to they have to follow calculus to Neil. There's these two Bordurian trench coated guys who sort of like waylay them a bit by arguing with, with Haddock, which then makes them late for the train to Neil. Um wonderful panel on these pages of uh, Haddock versus a rotating door. Yeah. Which is um, amazing. And stuff. Uh yeah, so they find lying. They find out what like address Calculus has gone to in Neo and take a taxi there. On the way, they get pushed off the road by a black citron into a lake. Um, there's there's again action sequence is good. Yeah. Um, there's like a really well drawn panel on the bottom of page twenty of just like the face of the taxi driver really big and then tinted a haddock like scared of the back and I don't know like it just kind of it stands out as being different than Hershey's art before. Mm, it's at a know. Dutch angle as well. Yeah. It's like a slightly filmic nature to this. It's, it's yeah, yeah. It's becoming. It it is because I mean this was also like. The time, like since he, you know, since he first started drawing comics, shit like Hitchcock has become a real thing. Uh, which uh, you know, Hitchcock movies were incredibly popular in France. I know that, uh, like the whole French mm. new wave started because they liked Hitchcock more than they liked the like classic French directors. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and this this feels like this story feels like very like a lot of the panels he does feels like very Hitchcockian suspense a lot like. Yeah, with showing that you know w- when they're like inside a place and, and then they show the guys outside plotting to blow up a place, right? Like that sort of stuff, where it's like yeah. we the readers know more than the characters. Yeah. Unfortunately, when when Tintin rescues the driver, he does look a bit like. Yeah. Him. It looks oh, like yeah. I would sim- I would simply leave Hitler to drown personally, <laughs> but that's just me. 
finally Tintin Tintin had the chance to kill Hitler in 1956 and didn't do it. <laughs> How could you, Tintin? Yeah, that's, it's a popular conspiracy that he uh, he actually survived and then became a taxi driver. The taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> um, Until he was rescued yeah. in 1956 by by an intrepid reporter. <laughs> mm. I also yeah. really like the bit where you know they're like swimming in the lake and they're like, "Oh my god, no, where's Snowy?" Like, "Oh no!" And then just like a swan like fishes him out of the lake. Yep. <laughs> and there's just 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 good good snowy panels here. Um. Yeah. So yeah, they like. Uh, they make it to Neon um, and like find the house that the calculus had gone to um, no one is like in but it's unlocked at the back so they go in um, and like have a look around um, they find these like articles about like a sound ultrasonic sound weapon thingy which I gotta say Tintin does describe as a queer machine so I guess this is the machine that makes you gay <laughs> yeah um, ultrasonic waves that make you gay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, incredibly homophobic of Hershey to describe this as a weapon. <laughs> on, honestly, how many um, the Nazis were developed a gay machine? Yeah, like okay. famously, the Nazis wanted everyone to be gay, and that's why yeah. they were weaponizing this is, it. This is weird because it is one of the only um, mentions of World War Two in the entire series. Okay, it's no, but okay, it's but also but, never mentioned otherwise. <laughs> Yeah. But also, like, so they they find this book that says like German research in World War Two, and it's got it's just it's got a picture of a rocket in it, which is basically the rocket from the last book, yeah. or at least it's it's a drawing of the rocket that the rocket in the last book was based on that like we talked about last episode. Yeah, um, he, uh, he did base them on the V two rocket, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like this is a picture of the V two the V two rocket, which. I don't know, kind of unhinged. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> but it's a good point, George. <laughs> like they, World War Two, like because because there was like previous books, like King Ottokar's Scepter was supposed to be based on the like budding World War Two, and then there's like yeah. the shooting star where it's like you can clearly feel the sentiment of oh the world is gonna end. But the, yeah, uh, or it's the, like yes. And the like in, and the villain um, yeah. has a has a large nose, um, which is no. Cool. He's he's a he's a different stereotype that we discovered about. A, but uh, yeah, what the money guy? Or, yeah. Um, um, and there's also remember? like I can't remember. It was it was pretty anti-Semitic though. I remember. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! 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 Um, but yeah, like a like land of black gold. They were constantly talking about war being about to break out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because it was like written around then, but like yeah, it's kind of weird that like they never actually acknowledged that a war happened. Except now they're like, oh yeah, remember that war that happened? <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes sense just because it's like a Cold War type story. Mm. So mm. like you have to kind of acknowledge the World War Two to like yeah. have a background to it. I, yeah, yeah I, I don't think people like thought about this a lot when it happened, right? Like it's. Yeah, yeah. It's only weird in like extreme hindsight, yeah. and it's normal and explainable. Like really, um, but yeah, they eventually, after some like clanging and banging hijinks, find the owner of the house like tied up in the coal cellar, um, and he's like, "What the fuck? Like calculus? Like 
beat me up and put Calculus me in here. And did this. I can't believe you've done this. And us as the readers are like, what? Calculus yeah. would tie this guy up. Wait a second. Just a little guy. Um, <laughs> so they end up like talking to him and like a lot of sort of exposition happens. Like where mm. we sort of find out that like Calculus developed a weapon, got kind of scared at it, wanted to talk to this guy. And we sort of figure out that he's been like kidnapped by the Borderians who sort of like disguised themselves as him. Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of exposition happening. But the most important part of this sequence is the like sub story in the panels about Haddock just just trying to get a glass of wine. He's like, it's so good. It's so good because it, it's like he is he, down bad. He's down bad. <laughs> he it's just so good how Asia incorporates this like little thing that like isn't related to like what they're talking about, right? It's just mm. that you know, just to just to make the exposition go down easier. Here's some funny yeah. headache faces. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this this yeah. wild battle is like always in the middle of the panel right like it it draws your attention to it apparently it's a real wine bottle he got his friend to send him one from switzerland so he could <laughs> yeah it. yeah a, a 53 bottle of wine that's the attention <laughs> of detail we like uh i i also want to point out that this professor's name is professor topolino um do you know what that means Topolino. no nope. mouse it's mickey mouse please yeah. enlighten me what oh my god <laughs> it's the italian name for mickey mouse which by that time was already like i think topolino magazine was a thing right like italy had its whole its its own brand of like mickey mouse comics oh? that uh i also read a lot as a kid mm. and those started like around this time i think damn what's italian mickey mouse like it's it's pretty good it's like it's like European. I draw the mouse. I don't pay the copyright to Disney. Oh, they were. <laughs> they do pay the copyright for Disney. Oh, like, they do. I thought these were like bootleg like, no, Mickey no, Mouse no. comics. It was like the Italian, <laughs> the Italian branch of like Walt Disney, like uh, uh, own, okay, like, comics based on these Disney characters. Oh. I, I draw the thing. mouse. I pay the copyright. <laughs> <laughs> the mouse. He's a horny. He's, he cheat on his wife. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they were about. He eat the pizza for lunch. <laughs> oh, poor Italy. I'm sorry. He got to put the pineapple on the pizza. It's very funny okay. that the Italian guy that shows up later will just like have this phonetic accent. Like that's, that's yeah, it's so good. Stuff. Okay, this time, this time, Harry Shanks is to do a funny phonetic yeah. accent. Yeah, because it's Italians. Yeah, it's Italians. So it's fine. Yeah, it's not racist if it's about Italians. <laughs> Yeah, that's just like a blanket rule for life. Yeah. It's also one of my favorite um, stuff in this in this book happens in this in this bit where they're like talking about this whole shit. Uh Tintin is like, wait a second, I'm gonna show you an image. Do you know this man? And it's calculus, and then we find out that the guy who like knocked this professor out wasn't the actual calculus, and they're they're like starting to come and come to an understanding. Uh yeah, you know, it's all coming together. Putting the things together, and then it's like then there's like this one image of a car driving by that says, uh, you're sure the timing mechanism hasn't stopped? Uh, and the other guy says, don't panic, only a few seconds. And there's like this, another panel where uh, Haddock is finally getting to drink drink his wine. The, the denouement <laughs> of Haddock's story, actually no, the denouement of Haddock's story happens on the next page. And then uh, there's just Tintin a- has already spilled some of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, it's on. We're on the sort of like the second um, iteration of Haddock's try feel cycle towards this wine. Yeah, yeah. Injustice this, um, has finally. Whole... Yeah, tell us what happens, Janosch. Please. Is finally yeah, about to like, uh, to like, have a sip of this wine, and they're finally like about to understand what's going on. Like the professor says, yes, that's how it must have happened. And then there's just a panel of the whole house blowing up and the car driving by. Like that's it. We got hey. rid of all of them. <laughs> The entire house just fucking explodes. Hello? Detonates. This this really like this hit me like the mean girls truck <laughs> bus, sorry. Um <laughs> it just kinda like comes out of nowhere. I'm like, oh what? Did they all just fucking die? Um And yeah, like the next okay, the next page has just like these incredible like drawings of like wreckage yeah. and rubble and um exploded house stuff. Mm. Um and like this, this is where the real like denouement of Haddock's like wine story, where like they dig him out of the rubble. Haddock is conscious. Haddock is like, oh, it's like fuck. The bottle wasn't smashed. He then <laughs> downs the entire bottle and passes out. And then like we kind of cut to the rest of the digging people out of the rubble wreckage scene, where all the firemen is like, oh yeah, everyone's unconscious except Haddock's only unconscious because he drank a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> King shit. Yep. King shit. And very importantly, uh, Snowy goes back and uh, rescues Calculus's umbrella. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's going to be carrying around this umbrella for pretty much the rest of the story. Yeah. Mm. We get another shot of the German research in World War Two book lying in the rubble, which. Oh yeah. I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if these shots of houses, um, of a house in ruins, is is influenced by Hergé living through World War Two. Yeah, we saw a few of them. <laughs> you might have seen yeah. some of these in real life. That's true. Yeah, this happened. Yeah, you don't see this happen anymore. Houses just being blown up. Don't you? Well, I don't know. Not in when comics, I guess. Explosions. Um, honestly, I kind of like I go honest. I go through my life assuming that at some point I'll see a house that's been blown up. <laughs> Might be a Belfast yeah. thing, yeah. honestly. Uh, yeah, um, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm just gonna. I just assume it's gonna happen someday. Um, very important. There's this incredible like setup for the Thompsons to arrive on the next page. Yeah, you know it. This has been <laughs> happening in every book. The Thompsons show up wearing the like regional, uh, you know, ethnic uh, clothing that makes them really stick out, and you're like rubbing your hands together, thinking, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> I just love that the setup is like how she shows us like an article about like blah 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 like two men have been arrested then like a panel of someone being like bring in the two men and like when you hear the words two men like yeah. it's just you know what the fuck it is <laughs> and it's just really satisfying to turn the page and be confirmed that the two men are in fact the Thompsons and they are in their like silly little swish Swiss national dress yep it's, it's also very swish national dress <laughs> They look, um, they look fantastic. Um, they're wearing little, like, almost like kippers, I suppose, but they look great. Yeah, whatever the Swiss yeah. version of that is. Yeah, kind like this. It, it really is, unlike the sort of short little knee bridges and the vests and the. the, the sh- oh, it's just very good. It's just very good. Um, so, yeah, they are here and they are going to go and visit to, to Tadak and Tintin in the hospital, the, the hospital that they're in after the big, big explosion. Um, and of course, you know that as soon as the Thompsons enter a hospital, they are going to be hospitalized. 
Um, it's called irony, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, in this case, they just the, the floors are so shiny and that they slip on the floors and end up like covered in comedy bandages. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! Most... These guys break so easy. <laughs> like Tintin yeah. had to survive an explosion with just like some some little like uh, scars from it, you know. Yeah, like both Tintin and Haddock have like one single little plaster on their yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, Haddock has like his little finger. It has a, has a splint on it. Yeah, and that, that's like basically it. Yeah, and the Thompsons yeah. break their entire arm, their nose, and their head is also bandaged. <laughs> oh, and of course, because they're the Thompsons, they have like the exact same injuries, yeah. just like mirror versions of each other. Yes, this is so good. One's one's got the right arm and the other's the left. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So basically, like they're they're here to do some more expositiony stuff. Like they they find out that the other guy, like the guy who was watching them, who they find in the bushes at the start, he was like a Sildavian agent who, and it sort of implied that the Sildavian agent, the Sildavian Secret Service, was trying to protect Calculus from the Bordurian Secret Service, Cold War shit stuff. Um. So yeah, they they tell the Thompsons inform Tintin and Haddock of this. They get some more like leads from a car that sort of leads them to points them towards the Bordurian embassy in Roll. Uh, so yeah, they kind of head off to that the embassy there. Um, we cut to a night scene of Tintin and Haddock like skulking out the embassy. Haddock has this um, thing. This is a great. Uh... A great what like, is addition this? to this. I think this is like some anti-mosquito stuff, right? It's a sc- spray pump, presumably yeah. full of DDT, because yeah, it's uh-huh. the 50s. So he uh-huh. is just like fucking up every bird in the region. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's really, he's trigger happy with the DDT pump. Yeah. <laughs> um, Look, I know how yeah. annoying it is when you're like, out in a boat at night, uh, like near a body of water, right? And there's just like the mosquitoes are just eating you up. Yeah, I like how he kind of seems to use this as like a like a, just like a regular weapon yeah. for the rest of the sequence. It's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're here. They like witness a sort of like prisoner transfer handover thing. Um, with and they see calculus getting put into like a helicopter, but then the those people who are putting calculus into the helicopter get like attacked by another party of people. Um, Tintin is like, assumes that they're, those guys are trying to rescue calculus that so goes to help. But then once they've all rescued calculus, those other guys like bonk Tintin on the head and they run away with calculus. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, it kind of rules it's how, factions. how like all the time it's like, there's no, like it's not like in Saga- uh, not Saga the Pharaoh, King Otokai's Scepter, where it was like, okay, so the we need to protect like the Sildavian king from the evil Bordurians. Uh, in this one, there's like no good sides. Like they just both want to kidnap Calculus. So like in this yeah. in this fight, Tintin's just like when Haddock's like, I don't know which one, which ones of them. Uh, like how can I tell friends from enemies? And then Tintin says, Go for the ugliest. <laughs> Which, first of all, very offensive, Tintin. Yeah. This, this kind of problematic of you there to equate attractiveness to like good and evil. Um, but that's you know a wider societal problem we have, Harjay. But yeah, it is just 
good high. It's just everyone's just trying to get calculus, and no one, no one's good. Yeah, Hedok is just punching but, everyone, just like knocking every head together. Um, there's the, the guy is here who was wearing the little mask, and obviously, like Hedok <laughs> recognizes him immediately because that like yeah. mask didn't do anything. Uh, he sprays <laughs> him with the DDT, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, George. He knocks he knocks two people out with by bashing their heads into each other. And just goes next, please. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Captain Captain Chaddock, that's what he is. You Chaddock Oh yes. That treats me right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Big headache energy. <laughs> ah, big headache energy. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we're on fire today. Um so Tintin and Haddock steal the guys' helicopter and chase down the boat that's taken calculus away. Um but they sort of fail to catch them. Um, like they they get away from them. There's like a whole bit in the helicopter where Haddock tries to like radio for help, then ends up talking to the fucking insurance salesman again. Um, so they eventually kind of land. Uh, the car gets away, and they're sort of stranded in the middle of the French countryside. Yeah, this uh, this um, this Mr. Wag, Jorian Wag, thinks this is hilarious because he he thinks Haddock is pranking him by saying he's in a inside a heli- helicopter. He, he just, yeah, just thinks this is hilarious. This is I mean this is a pretty funny subversion of the regular like uh, Tintin and Haddock call for help through the radio stuff because it just ends up being completely useless. Yeah, yeah, because like Jolion is like, oh my god, Haddock, you're also an amateur radio enthusiast. Are you RPing? <laughs> Like literally, he thinks he's LARPing. Was it a thing people did in the fifties? Don't know. I don't know what um, people did in the fifties. I mean, that ham radio is a thing and still still is, but I think it was like more probably more popular in the past. Yeah, you know, it's like the only way to wirelessly co- communicate with other people. Yeah, it's really like There's the whole... Discord chat of the nineteen fifties. Yeah. It was, but it was loads of extremely weird people in their sheds with like sixty foot radio aerials in their back garden. So like the Discord chat of the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. You know, these were like the people who listened to like um, number stations and uh, various like interference from like Cold War military projects and stuff. I know about number stations from Chaz's yeah. funny album. I didn't know about number stations before, but then I looked it up and I learned They're very cool. I... Spooky. I'm gonna be real. I don't quite know what. I don't really. I know this is the that's a station and they read out numbers, but I don't know why. It's presumably um, uh, communicating with deep cover espionage agents. I see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and the espionage. The, I've heard of this. The, the, the like from song like samples the actual melody that is sent through the number station. Well, one of them. One of them. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I didn't know that. There's a because when I was looking at looking this up at the Wikipedia, they had a little sound clip, and I was like, oh, I heard this. The Lincolnshire <laughs> poacher, I think, is the one that yeah. was used. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Stream. What's the album called? Uh, Conflict Resolution. Thank you. By Ghostly. Um, mm. To learn about number stations. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, they end up in the middle of the French countryside, possibly Swiss countryside, because apparently we're not in Lyon from Lyon or even the cat girl version of it. Um, so there's a, a bit where they're like hitchhiking. They try to hitchhike back to town. 
Um, but like no one picks them up. There's like a few bits about bad drivers, which will come <laughs> relevant later. Um, this this bit is so funny where the headache jumps into a puddle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's like uh, finally a car stops, but it's a black Citroen, and Haruka's like, "Oh my god, no, that's the car!" And then it's it's just completely not the car. It's just some just a nice older lady and uh, and her husband, and they're like, "What is going on with these people?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they get what back they into town. I just want to uh-huh. shout out this this bit where like Haruka is like, uh, "Get down," and Tintin is like, "Why in that particular puddle?" <laughs> there's also like the panel underneath it where like they're like oh maybe we, maybe th- the car was fine maybe we can get back to it and they're like running back to it and like Haddock has picked up his hat to put back on top of his head and then the <laughs> hat is like full of water dumping water on his head like it, it's just I get another little hairjai detail which like tells so much story that's just there for shits and giggles it's Haddock wonderful. is such a good slapstick character yeah. he's so good yeah, but he's yeah. never, like, actually has never used him to his full potential so well as in this one. Yeah. You know, one thing I've been thinking about reading this uh, is, uh, remember on the Explorers to the Moon episode, or the Destination Moon episode, where, where we had Ray on, and they were mm-hmm. like, the structure of this is kind of weird, because there's plot, and then there's like five to six pages of just shenanigans. In just bit. Yeah. <laughs> and in this one, he's like, it feels like he finally figured out how he can do bits while the plot is still going on. Like, this is so tightly plotted. Like, there's nothing that happens that doesn't propel the story forward, even though there's a lot of slapstick still. Yeah, because it's like, even though this is like a funny bit, it's a bit because it's a black Citroen. Yeah. Which was the car that pushed them off the road like earlier and like they saw it again like after then and like it's cropped up again and again and is propelling things to happen. And propelling Captain Haddock into a puddle. Haha <laughs> funny bit. Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs> Haddock just gets hit by a car fully. Like this is this this is like the third time in this book that Haddock dies. <laughs> So yeah, they're yeah. like like they get into whatever little town they're going to. Haddock is like, I'm going to the tobacconist. Um and as he's crossing the street, just like there's mm. there's this kind of harrowing but very good panel that just says bang, an explosion, <laughs> and like Haddock's like hat, shirt, and coat are flying in front of a car. <laughs> um and we then just Italians cut to him have like entered the match. <laughs> Italians are here. Um yeah, I, again, I love to see just like Haddock lying on the like bonnet of the car, yelling at the guy. I mean, in this case, he's right to do so. Yeah, this guy does not drive unsafely, frankly, I feel. Yeah, and then fucking Tintin has the gall to ask this particular guy <laughs> to like help them ch- go on a car chase. As just the dialogue here is so funny, like as. As Haddock is shouting at him and doing his like classic swears, he says, "Mamma mia, it was you, bastard! Now you spit all over my window." And now, why you spit all over my window? Presto, window wash. Ecola. <laughs> Madonna, una bandito. We, we chase. chase. Va bene. Va bene. Avanti. Scusi. Yeah, I show you Italian car, Italian driver, the best in the world. No, <laughs> as soon as they get into we the car, uh, bef- but before uh, before they could have could put on their safety belts, he like immediately slams the uh, gas 
And uh, I'm okay. Genuinely, I'm not sure that seatbelts ex- seatbelts exist at this point in time. They might not. I think they do. Like they, they might, might not, not yeah. have them. <laughs> um, he's but yeah. This Heather gets this like guy. slammed into the back, and he just says, "This Italian guy just says with like a devilish smile, says a scusi, but you know he's not like actually sorry." <laughs> no, this guy is having the time of his life. He just loves to race. He loves to torture yeah. people. He loves to he... be Italian. Yeah. What if a guy was Italian? Would that be fucked up or what? What if a guy was Italian? What if he had so many names? <laughs> yeah, there's like so yeah, they're just driving doing unhinged driver hijinks where they drive through some tar over some bumps. Um and then finally they drive into a town in which it is market day. And we get the best panel in this entire book. There's so much detail here. <laughs> it's so like good. There's like pigs in the corner. They have a string of sausages around their windscreen. There's a <gasps> yes. There's a guy. There's cows, and then there's a guy holding on to a cow while the cows are like running away. Yeah. There is, there is a guy who has jumped onto the war memorial. I can presume <laughs> yeah. we're in France now because the war memorial is another reference to the World Wars, um, with a, a, a rooster sitting on an eagle and a soldier, which is be the, the French defeating the Germans. Yeah, yeah. There's again. There's just like a full on like um, like a covered wagon with a horse like rearing in front of it. Yeah. That's the kind of centerpiece of the whole panel. This must be so hard to do. Like we talked a lot about how the every time like Azure draws an action scene, it has like really clear action what happens between the panels. Like, but but yeah. in this one, he condensed this all into one panel, and you can still like kind of tell like what happened in what order right like this it has just yeah. like such a good like sense of motion to it yeah um and yeah that's when after the the like gendarme like stops them and says you barbarian going through a built-up area like this you'll pay for this what is your name um can we get a funny read of this name um okay who george go Arturo Benedetto Giovanni Giuseppe Pietro Arcangelo Alfredo Catofoli de Milano. Almost. Almost, <laughs> almost. And yeah, the, the gendarme is just like, um, uh, 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 okay, we'll not do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> I'm sure he won't. Yeah, the, the, the gendarme is drawing this like beautiful look of like utter like stress and horror at how many <laughs> names this man has. <laughs> uh, me too me too yeah one thing we maybe not d- didn't make clear to the listeners who don't read along is that if you imagine like a young hotshot guy no this is like a middle-aged no. bald man like <laughs> yeah he, he he's like Hege doesn't draw hot people no <laughs> he draws middle-aged people with big noses <laughs> yeah like literally the only like young person in all of Tintin is yeah. Tintin yeah and everyone else is like over forty. <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, like they eventually like catch up to the car that they were trying to trying to catch. Um, and Titan is like, "We we gotta search your car, blah blah blah." And so they sort of search the car, um, but Calculus isn't in it. Oh no. Um, and afterwards, they're kind of sitting there like, "Damn fuck!" And Tintin is like, "Shit." 
Haddock, we didn't yeah. look under the seat. Oh no, calculus was definitely in that car. Ah. But before that, our Italian friend just like goes off on them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mamma mia, you fool me nicely, yes? You tell me the big fib, yes? <laughs> You just want to make hitchhike and me stupido who believes you. Madonna, how you fool me. Va bene. Now you walk. Adio. Extremely good. See. <laughs> See. Si. Uh, si. And yeah, so he like ditches them and they got to like walk after the car now. Um, so while they're like walking up to them they see this plane landing and they go and like look at the plane and yeah, calculus is being put onto the plane. Um, there's a great wee sequence of like Tintin trying to chase down the plane. <laughs> And like mm. yeeting himself into a haystack. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> like trying to get, grab onto a flying pra- plane. Which I guess he's done in the past, right? Like in the past this has worked out. Yeah, kinda. Uh, but this is this is a new Tintin. This is it's not as easy anymore. Yeah. Does, yeah. D- like the the stunts just become more realistic in a way than they did in the yeah. other Tintins. Like there's no more like Having Snowy be on top of a plane and Tintin like climbing out of the plane while it's flying to catch Snowy stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, although that was very good. Yeah, of course. Um, it just became becomes like as I guess I guess it works with the genre also like the. Yeah. It has yeah. to be like more toned grounded. down action uh, to to make this this espionage story work. Yeah, espionage. Also, there's a funny bit where Haddock gets stuck in a fence. Yeah. it's great. Um, also, Snowy, Snowy accidentally uh, gets stung by a ho- or prickled by a, porcu- a, a hedgehog. Yeah, not a porcupine. Yeah, because like Tintin gets yoded into the haystack, and Snowy goes in after him, and then runs away because he had a yeah. porcupine in the haystack. And he says, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, yow, ow, ow!" Great dialogue. Wow, Snowy hasn't really done much like snowy dialogue in this no. i don't think he's done any like he's not really commenting he says one Very thing sad. when the swan when the swan picks him up out the lake oh yeah 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 um so the plane was a still sildivian plane which therefore means that they gotta they gotta go to sildivia now to get the plane um then haddock like sees a newspaper article about a plane like getting shot down in borduria and is like oh no actually we're gonna go to borduria instead um, so they sort of go to get a plane. Um, while they're at like the station, Haddock calls back to Marlin's bike and gets told by Nestor that like all of Calculus's like lab equipment stuff has been stolen. Yep. But if you think he just calls oh. and Nestor picks up, no, he calls. No, oh, no. First, it cuts the butcher picking up because he dialed the wrong number. Uh, then he calls again, and Jolly and Wag is here, but this time. There's also you also see his wife in the background smiling, yeah. and Nestor just having the most sour expression on his face. He's so mad. Uh, and Haddock tells him to pass it over to Nestor so they can relay this information. Uh, but once Haddock is answering again, Jolian has picked it up again and talks about how oh I've taken care of all your insurance stuff. Yeah, yeah. After that phone call, so there's like a bit, and I do not understand what happens. <laughs> do they? So they, they, they're going to fucking, uh, what's the town called? Johod, Johod or something. Yeah. Johod. I don't know how to pronounce it. I can't even. Bordurian. Oh yeah, okay, so they're going to Shod and, but like the, the guy, these, the two like guys in the grey trench coats have like taken the last two seats on the plane. 
so they can't get the seats on the plane, so they got gotta get a bus, but then they can get the seats on the plane, so they get the like do they get the plane or the bus or what the fuck happens in these the, pages? I don't understand. No, they get the they're getting the bus to the airport. Yeah. They get the plane seat, but they have to take the coach. The this 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 like coach that's driving to the airport first. Oh Yeah. Okay. And the 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 spies have given up their seats because they know what's waiting for them. Right. Okay. I see. Okay. So, because what I thought was happening was that they took the plane tickets, but then they were like, "No, something's going to happen to the plane, so we're going to get the bus instead." Mm. And then mm. they took the bus. But uh, yeah, no, they do just... take the plane after this. Yeah, that's what confused me. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm with. Also, the snowy steel a funny umbrella. Snowy steals an umbrella from uh, some random fancy man. A fancy man who is leaning on his umbrella. So Snowy steals the umbrella while he's leaning on it. Uh, this guy comedy falls on his side. Uh, Snowy gets into the bus uh, that's already like driving away. This guy is running after them. So, but Tintin recognizes that this isn't actually Calculus's umbrella. It's just a it's just a similar one. So they throw it out of the window into this guy's face. <laughs> Extremely good stuff. Very funny. Um, rip to this guy. Another best bit of the book starts. Oh my god! Yes, it's so fucking good. It's so funny how and long like, this goes on. It goes on for it's so such long. A long bit. And it's like all the dr- okay. So like, what is happening is that Haddock has a little, a little bit of sticking plaster on his nose. So a little plaster band aid for you American listeners. Oh my god! Um, and like, he's trying to like get it off him and it's just like every and this like little plaster like travels throughout the entire bus and the entire plane and it's just stuck to people for the next like two or three pages but it's just the way it's drawn yeah <laughs> i mean actually it does the thing where the panels are like where there's like five panels in a row that are very small uh they just have like Haddock fighting with this plaster and then it flies onto the other guy and then we see him fighting with it and it's another like five panels uh, in close succession where like very little changes between them and it's just like I don't know it's you know we said this earlier you know that this has happened to Ege, uh at one point yeah yeah, uh, but just, yeah. Just, he is entering his like grumpy old man phase where he just like includes things that have irritated yeah. him in his life you're so valid bestie <laughs> and it's just like the way Real he long. draws the way you would like shake your hand to get rid of a little plaster that was stuck to yeah. it it's absolutely perfect and like the, the like end of this page page 45 is just like Haddock looking satisfied with himself going well that got rid of that while the little piece of plaster yeah. is stuck back on his hat because it got <laughs> thrown there by like three other passengers it's like on the next page he like uses this to like display the passage of time because it's like, it's just got this sequence of like, fucking, well, first of all, like espionage radio shit where they're plotting stuff, whatever. But then it's like, it says like 2.17pm, 2.35pm, 2.52, 3.03. And it's like, in every panel, it's like, here's where the sticking plaster, here is who the plaster is stuck to at this point in the plane journey. And like, it ends up like in the pilot cockpit. It's such a genius device. Like, this is, this is next level to have. Yeah, like, okay. Captain Haddock almost crashes a plane with with a, <laughs> <laughs> with a sticking plaster. Yeah, there's this panel where with... the plane just like goes like this really weird curve because the pilot is fighting with the sticking plaster. Yeah, 
<laughs> What's with all these motherfucking sticking plasters on this motherfucking mm. plane? But as the plane has landed, and, then, and you know, the plot keeps going on. As the plane has landed, yeah. and you see like Tintin and Haddock just walking towards the, uh, like exiting, going out of the airport, and you just see the little sticking plaster on Haddock's coat. <laughs> It's like such yeah, a small detail. The little detail. So Very, you, you can miss it easily, but it's there. I did miss yeah. it. I thought it ended with the pilot. So good. Um, so at the Jod, um airport, they get sort of collected by some Bordurian officials who like very cordially invite them to a fancy hotel to entertain them. And there's sort of this few pages sequence where like, you know, they're prisoners in the hotel... And like they know that they're actually being held prisoner in the hotel, but then they're trying not to let the the Bordurian guards like know that they know that they're actually prisoners. And it's just a just a good little sequence, really. Have you have you noticed that the the flag of Borduria is essentially the Nazi flag, but with a moustache instead of a swastika? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny. It's just a big moustache. There's I, a... say, I don't think I noticed it in this book, but I did notice it on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's a there's yeah, one. It's on armbands. They have Nazi armbands, which are just curvy tight. Yeah. There's one. There's one panel where they drive pa- past this, uh, where they go to the hotel, and we see the the statue of uh, of of Curvitash, who is the like dictator of this country of Borduria. Mm. It's just like a big mustachioed man who's like pointing, and then like on the on the socket of the statue, there's also another another mustache. Yeah, like the plinth yeah. engraving yeah. thingy, and the the flags behind it as well. Yeah, and I think there's a minaret in the background as well. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It's very sort of confused Balkan state. This. Yeah. It looks kind of Soviet, but also the flag looks Nazi, and then there's a minaret behind. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of like. Cold War era so Soviet architecture just going on here. Mm, yeah. Mm. Oh my god! I just noticed the the like big Soviet hall, like town hall or something behind on curvy tash. But yeah, the architectural element at the top is another curvy tash. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a bit in the like the hotel where one of the doorknobs is like a curvy tash on the panel like yeah. below that one. Where Hadik is like, fit, oh my god. The light fittings too. <laughs> this is like in this is like in fucking uh, Roswell, America, where all the lampposts are alien heads, except it's <laughs> the curvy tashes. So everything is mustaches in Borduria. Yep. And all the lamp vase in in Tintin's room. <laughs> yeah. A curvy bit. This is great. Oh I haven't noticed God. this last time I read it. Yeah, I haven't God, noticed this so all good. this detail. Like, there's <laughs> it's all mustaches. It's so it's so hidden. I... Like, it's not. It's never foregrounded. You just have to like. It's almost like a like a treasure hunt to just like find all the all the stashes. Like this book is so rewarding. Yeah. For if you actually look at the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it, like it it is also kind of like there's a lot of text in this yeah. book. Like it's kind of like like the last book where it was just like all the plot was like in these huge text bubbles and you're like oh my god oh my god but it's like and this kind of has that a bit with all the intrigue but it also just really rewards you for looking at the pictures yeah and guess who's here she's here she's She's here here. the (laughs) G-O-A-T Bianca Castafiore Castafiore is she is she is Castafiore Italian yeah. is that supposed to be Italian uh, yeah I think so yeah she's Italian but she doesn't have the accent I guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah, it says the Milanese Nightingale. So she's from the uh, sky, famously. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's a funny bit where Haddock is like, oh my god, hide quick, and it's like, oh, is this going to be espionage? No, it's just Castafiore. Yeah, <laughs> he um, just hates her. <laughs> We're scared of her. Or yeah, yeah, he's yeah. scared of her because she's like an intimidating uh, woman. <laughs> she's the only. We said this. We said this a few episodes ago. Castafiore really is the only female character in Tintin. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but she is. But great. She, she is really good in this, especially so like later. Um. So yeah, the way they escape is by like they're at dinner. They just order a fuckload of champagne. Get their <laughs> Bordurian like handlers absolutely wasted and sort of trick them into like locking them in their own hotel rooms we have um, some great they, panels of very drunk men oh yeah. yes they like you know they have to like they, they slip out the fire escape like distract the cops run off into town and then we like intercut this with the sequence of like the bordurian military guy like demonstrating this like sound weapon of mass destruction to the rest of the bordurian government i think and they're yeah. sort of like making plans for world domination and stuff um, where they do this, where they like, like they show a city and then like imply that they have like just destroyed like Manhattan yeah, yeah, with this like weapon of mass destruction. But actually it's only a model of Manhattan and this is the weapon that they're going to develop using calculus technology. It's so funny when um, they're like... Uh... They show this destruction and everyone is like extraordinary and splendid. And then he said, oh, you must be so disappointed now, but we actually didn't destroy Manhattan. It's just a model. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, what do you mean you didn't destroy Manhattan? (laughs) Fucked up. It's like like that fucking Media Lies comic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, we get introduced to Colonel Spons in this, who is kind of, was he in another Tintin? Like, is this a recurring he, character? He looks familiar. T- Hergé does like to draw, like, sort of bullet-headed villains yeah. with, like, with a monocle, so... Yeah. I don't think we've had this know. particular character. Um, but yeah, he hears about, like, oh, they were seen near the opera, so I'm gonna go over to the opera and, like, check it out. Mm. Um, and then we cut over to the opera, where it is a Castafiore performance, Tintin and Haddock are sitting at the opera watching. Well, like, I guess Tintin might be watching, but uh, Haddock and Snowy sure fucking aren't. <laughs> Haddock is asleep, and Snowy is just so mad, because I guess I guess his mouth had been, like, tied shut. He does have a thing, like, tied over his, like, nose. Which <laughs> yeah. does imply oh. that they've, like, tied his mouth shut. Isn't so it he can't he howls bark. every time Castafiore yeah. sleeps? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncontrollably. <laughs> again, again with the little details. All these crowd shots in the opera are so good. Like Tintin is Tintin is saying, uh, you know, when when we're in a cr- crowd, there's less of a chance to be noticed, uh, and it's really just like so many people here. And it is. It's, I, I like the way that the crowd scene is drawn. Like it is hard to yeah. pick them out. It's really good. Um, so there's some stuff like Colonel Spons like shows up. Um, they. I think, no, this is at the intermission. So they're like, oh, we better go back into the opera and leave at the end. Um, so, but then, like, at the end, when they're leaving, there's like loads of policemen around the place and they're like, ah, but then, why look who's here? It's Tintin. They are spotted by Bianca Castafiore. Hello, my dear young friend. How delightful to see you here. <laughs> I've got a question. 
Yes. How did she know them? Uh, she met Tintin earlier in uh. When? In oh 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 in King uh, of the, car. the car the yeah yes. yeah okay because oh, the there was a yeah. guy there was the guy in the car that I thought was calculus yeah. but wasn't calculus no it was just okay yeah. I remember now yeah but I don't think she has met Haddock before yet right no yeah she says, she says you've come to congratulate me with this fisherman <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister <laughs> I mean, we'll have to so- we'll have to we'll have to point out here that they go to the opera. Where everyone is like dressed fancy, and Haddock is just in his seaman's uniform, like still wearing his hat. Yeah, yeah, he's not elitist. I mean, Tintin is he still understands that opera is for the people. <laughs> this man is wearing thirty-year out-of-date trousers. <laughs> Hell yeah, good for him. Good for him. Um, Haddock does like stumble over his own name when he's like trying to talk to Castafiore, though. He's so flustered because this is the first time he talks to a woman. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like yeah he's only ever talked to Tintin Yeah Tintin and like um, his other sailor friend <laughs> It's almost yeah. Freudian Yeah Yeah yeah. Um, but yeah so they like end up In like Castafiore's like dressing room And then Colonel Schwanz Comes to visit So Castafiore like Hides Tintin and Haddock like in her closet um, while she talks to Colonel Schwanz. And, like, this is so fucking good. Yeah. Like, she basically just, like, talks to him, like, gets him to spill all of his military secrets for Tintin and Haddock to overhear. Like... Yeah, she's incredible yeah. here. And it's not like... It's not like Tintin says, okay, here's what we do. She he, she just says, uh, the colonel is, like, the bad guy, and, uh, you know, but he mustn't find us. And then Castafiora says, okay, hide behind you in the curtain, and just, like, completely takes over. Like... Yeah. Doesn't yeah. she doesn't like she doesn't stutter for a second, right? Like she's not she just handles mm. this. She's a professional. She's, she's an actress. Unflappable. Yeah. Yeah. Effortlessly manipulates him into telling her everything they want to know. <laughs> she just yeah. takes this guy apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, because now they like they know where calculus is being held and stuff, and then have like fucking whatever other details they need to just like go to his like the Fortress prison of Bakahime. What? Bakheim. I'm sorry, watch too much anime. Um <laughs> like they just they just go to the prison like in disguise and like they have whatever papers they need and they just like get calculus. Yeah. I mean they it's she gets she gets the colonel's coat put in the um the coat rack where they're hiding so they can steal everything. Oh yeah, has. yeah, yeah, that's that is how they do it. Yeah, and I guess um, it's but yeah. lucky that they're in a theater because there's like a bunch of fake beards there. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some great disguises for, for Tintin and Haddock. Um, <laughs> Tintin looks so funny. <laughs> he looks so weird. Yeah. What's this wig? I wonder, like, is this a wig or did he like paint his hair black and part it in the center? Oh. <laughs> I think he has, yeah. He's got like wings. Yeah. But yeah, like they're driving away from the big prison. They've got calculus. Um, they there's like a car accident and stuff. Um, we get to see the cover of the book where calculus is unconscious on a, on a hill and mm. stuff. Um, after the car like accident, they steal a tank, and then we have the sort of just the tank sequence that leads up to the end of the book, which is real. It's just just really fun. Yeah. The tank, the tank bit's great. Yeah. Because it's like they're just 
they, they, they've stolen a tank and they're just unstoppable, like driving to the, I guess, Sildavian border? I think so. And it's like every obvious obstacle, they just like crash through it. Like <laughs> like a barricade, a minefield, like an entire house. Yeah. They try to shoot them with an artillery piece and it just blows up. <laughs> the guy being like, yeah, I always told you like that this make of gun could be improved. <laughs> yeah, why are the other guys like hanging in the tree? <laughs> yeah. Hedge yeah. has, has like looked at pictures of blown up guns because the way the barrels all splayed yeah. out, they do do that. If, yeah. If they blow up, but like. Yeah, um, and then of course, like they go through all these obstacles and like recover, and they're fine, and it's great, they're safe. And then Haddock like blows them up from the inside by like lighting his pipe in front of some like flares or something. <laughs> it's great. This is like the fifth time Haddock explodes now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. It's really funny how like this whole tank sequence is like. Them being incredibly lucky because the gun blows itself up. The mines are like not real mines, I guess. Like they, the the soldiers that laid them out got sold some duds, I guess. Like yeah, blanks, blank mines. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They they like drive through an entire house, like the customs house here. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, because it's like there's like the the huge barricade in the middle of the roads with like big trucks and tanks. And they're like, oh my god, what are we going to do? And they just like go around it. But it's through your like, eyes. Okay. It's, such, it's so good as well. You can see like the customs officer like hanging from the window with his feet coming down. Like, oh my god, below. I never noticed his feet. That's so good. And there's a, and there's a, there's a portrait of Curvy Tash that's obviously yeah. was hung on the wall like falling in midair. Oh god, so good. <laughs> yeah, and all this time, like all during the sequence, uh, Calculus keeps asking about his umbrella. And Tedrick's like, yeah, what, yeah. The f- what the fuck, you know, why are you talking about your umbrella? There's more important things going on here. Yeah, so like they they lost the umbrella, I think, somewhere at the like Geneva yeah. airport or something. So they go back to lost property there. Snowy digs it out. He's got his umbrella. Um, Snowy looks so proud here. He should be. It's an accomplishment. Yeah. And they needed the umbrella because Haddock, uh was hiding the plans for his... Uh, glass destructive weapon the, the you know beams that make you gay uh, that <laughs> both sides wanted he hid them in his umbrella or so he thinks but then he screws it uh, he, he takes the umbrella apart and they're not there oh rip and had, like Haddock is just so pissed off at this he's like well great well, we're going the fuck home and they go That's the fuck it. home end of the book end of the book and yeah, they go the, they go home to find that the entire insurance salesman's family have moved in. He has a shitty bratty child that's here and uh has all his toys around. Uh he has his like mom here. He has one of his children make Nestor uh wear a racially insensitive Native American headdress. Um Oh my god, yeah. Which you know it makes sense that his kids are like shitty like that. Nestor's Nestor is suffering so hard, but you can't. It's well, the 1950s. this was That's what yeah, this was obsessed with. Yeah, the only thing kids did in 1950s was quote unquote play cowboys yeah. and Indians. No, I don't know what that means, yeah. but they did it a lot. They they reenacted genocide. Yeah, for <laughs> that's, fun. The, that's the idea behind it. Yeah, hell yeah, good for them. Love that for them. Um, 
But then the calculus goes home like, and just finds all the plans for the weapon of mass destruction that he made just left on his bedside table. Oops, how forgetful, haha. <laughs> um, and yeah, like he burns it on Haddock's pipe, yet again blowing something up in Haddock's face. And they kick the insurance salesman's family out of their house and everyone lives happily ever after the But they don't the kick end. them out of their house. Haddock says something that calculus misunderstands as chicken pox. Uh, and uh-huh. he lays this information to the insurance salesman who suddenly gets really panicky about all oh, his family getting chicken pox. So they just like <laughs> run out of the house. And then in the final panel, Tintin has a cat friend. Uh, not Tintin, Snowy has a cat friend. Snowy finally made friends with the cat of Marlin Spike because he realized that the greatest enemy of all was insurance salesman. Yep. And that's the book. That's the book. Oh, pretty good shit. Pretty good shit, I gotta say. Good good shit. Very good shit, I'd say. It's so well. I just. It has such a good momentum. Like, there's just. Yeah. It's just chase that leads into chase that leads into new chase. uh, And with, like, some espionage bits in it. Uh, I don't know. The whole. I think the whole, like, final act, like, starting with. uh, With the opera bit like it's just like yeah outstanding um and it's like because in previous books Hershey has explicitly split up intrigue and action yeah. like with seven crystal balls that was intrigue and then prison of the sun that was racism yeah. brackets action and like even secret of the unicorn red rackham's treasure like secret of the unicorn he wrote this cool mystery that they had to like solve mm. and then but like this, finally he's realized that you can just do them at the same yeah. time and it's so much better and that you shouldn't split up intrigue and action for yeah. no reason. Yeah, like all of the two parts, we had an issue with either the first or the second part. Uh, yeah. And this one, like, gives you enough story that could have been a two-parter, but it's just so dense. Like, it's so... There's really, like, not, yeah. not a sequence where I'm like, oh, this again. Like, there's no... It's incredibly efficient yeah. and cohesive as a as a as a work it's, it's and it's like it's good. all the sequences that i'm like oh this again i'm saying that in an in an excited yeah. tone of voice like when i hear about chloroform or when i see the thompsons in a silly little outfit <laughs> i'm like yes this again yeah. yes <laughs> yeah i don't know this is really i think this is the peak i think this is the best one like i don't know what better than explorers on the moon? I don't know if I go that far because they were in space with that they one. They were in space. I don't know. I you think go to space. I think it's but, like a matter of personal preference at this point. Whether you like, I mean, definitely a five out of five. Yeah, like I think it's definitely top three. Um, Would you put it above Black Gold or Land of Black Gold? Why didn't I put that in the top? That's tough. Like it okay, it doesn't have Abdullah in it, but it does have an evil Italian. It does have an evil Italian driver. It does have the uh, Castafiore bit. Uh, so I think it has like enough. It has less Thompson shenanigans, like the land of black gold was the most Thompson focused. Oh maybe. yeah. I don't know. I just top the top all three the little is really tough details. At this point. <laughs> yeah, all the little details like in every little fucking yeah. other panel are just so fun. Yeah, I think it pushes I I would it pushes it over land of black gold and I think my argument for why it's better than explorers and the moon is just because what we said is that this isn't a two-parter this is one book that is like really cohesive mm. from start to finish um 
and I don't know, it's just the right, it's just the type of thing that I want from a Tintin book. Like, I think, uh, I think Explorers of the Moon is really, really cool as, like, this, we're going to space, right? But if it, if, if, if I think about, like, what I like from a Tintin book, it's, like, this stuff. Mm, mm, yeah. It, it is very, like, intricately well-plotted yeah. espionage and intrigue, which, like, you know, Explorers in the Moon had a bit of that, but it was merely like, we're going to the fucking moon, this rules. Actually, no, they just, Yannis, they went to the fucking moon. I can't, I can't top that. I can't put anything <laughs> above that went to the fucking moon. They did go to the fucking George, moon. George, you're going to have to break our tie. Is this better than Explorers on the Moon? Yeah. Yes, which I know you didn't um, read recently. Well, it's the only one I've read recently, so I'm going to cool. say this is better. Going to put it above Explorers on the Moon then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, oh well, I, I, it's not fair. I did enjoy Explorers on the Moon, and I always found it sad when that guy uh, kills himself. Yeah. That was sad. He, I, he, go, he went to hell, George, because he was Catholic. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up. It is. <laughs> I, I, think it was, I don't know. I thought it was good and poignant the way he. The way he died, but also like this book is like more fun in that regard that you don't have to confront yourself with bummer stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, I will allow it to go over Explorers on the Moon. I just want you to know that I am pointing at it saying, wow, cool moon. It is a cool moon. At all times. Yeah. But we can't have or, or wow, cool we rocket, can't have I a tie at first place. There's no way. Nah. But equally, you haven't read you haven't read the one where they find aliens yet, which is that's true. <laughs> yeah. Which fucking rocks because there's aliens and you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Oh god. I mean, fuck I, yeah. yeah I, we're really like, you know, out of the out of the past four books, three of them had have made it to number one at the end of the episode. So like, we're we're at the best era of Ashe probably. We're really in some baggers yeah. here. It's 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 great. Yeah. Hergé finally figured out how to write a comic. <laughs> and then it took him like 30 years or 20 years or however long it's been. Yeah. This is also, I don't know, this is also just like a good comic for like a newcomer to Tintin to read, I think. Like the the, the only thing that might be confusing is what is Sildavia and Borduria. But yeah, I don't other know. than that, like it's... Uh... They're clearly countries and they clearly have a yeah. vibe. Like, yeah, it's definitely the... Because even like Explorers on the Moon... Pat is the second part of a two-parter. Yeah. Even Land of Black Gold, like starting there, it's probably not good for a first-person, yeah. first-time read because it requires more context and it requires yeah. you to read the Wikipedia for it to be the best one. Yeah. But this one, you can just go for it. Yeah. All right, great stuff. We did it. Again. All right, number one, great stuff, George. Wonderful stuff. I hear you have a wide and extensive internet presence. <laughs> Would you like to plug it to our listeners? Uh, I'm sometimes on Who Watches the Watch, a Discord podcast, uh, which you should go and listen to, which you've probably not heard of before. No. Because uh, yeah, no yeah. one else on this podcast. <laughs> We've never mentioned it. No, 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 none of our guests. None of our future guests. Otherwise, if you, want to, if you want to know anything more about me, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, All right. go fuck yourself, listeners. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's been nice. Thank you for having me on. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for uh, 
you know, breaking the seal on your podcast appearances. <laughs> yeah, now it's going to pop up with our everywhere. podcast. People are going to listen yeah. to this and your inbox is going to be full of uh, requests. Like, you know, once you break the seal, you got to keep going. Yeah. Once you pop, you, you know, gotta, yeah. Um, in, unless you just stop. <laughs> you could simply stop. We could all simply stop podcasting at any time, but will we? <laughs> should we? Yeah. We, 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 we no. should, in the sense that we should end this episode. Yeah. Well, um, tune in true. and find out if we end up talking about the next one, which is the Red Sea Sharks. Um, yeah, we could just stop podcasting. We could just end it here. Fucking Frankly, twisted. The Red Sea Sharks is a good one. I do like that one. I remember there's oh, some classic dark. characters coming back that we... Uh, Tintin. Ooh-hoo. Tintin gets a fucking machine gun. And oh fuck yeah! It's a big plane. I love it. Nice, nice. Uh, well, listeners, until then, Yavis, do you have any? Do you have any podcast upcoming projects to plug? I mean, at, at this all? point, they're like bygone projects. But I did start okay, yeah, a I've... new podcast with Roy called Stiko and Ebert. Um, by the time this is out, we will have ooh, watched ooh. all of Paul Shore's movies and talked about them extensively. Um, um, Janusz, if you had to cast Polly Shore in The Adventures of Tintin, who would you have him play? The he could play the insurance guy. <laughs> Hell yeah, I will take the high road. I take the low. I still don't. I still don't really know who Polly Shore is. All I know <laughs> is that he is apparently voicing um, Pinocchio. Yep. God, I wish that were me. <laughs> Actually, no, I would not trace my knowledge of Polly Shore it's at this point. Polly Shore. Sure. If Paulie Shaw played Tintin and did the Pinocchio voice, I think that would be good. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that Paulie Shaw is good and safe to know about if you do it through the lens of Sicko and Ebert. Yeah, you know. Ah. Yeah, we did. I've heard that's a podcast which you can catch on all podcast apps. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm stopping my recording. Bye. This is it. Bye. Just trying to take it slow